From the book of Genesis, the 37th chapter, starting at the first verse, we hear these words. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture, their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and, if, and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers. He said, Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, They have gone away. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. And when he saw them at a distance, when they saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Now come, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into the pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with the sleeves that he wore. And they took him and they threw him into the pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. And then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him up out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Now the 14th chapter of Matthew, the 22nd verses. Remember that in the 13th chapter, we did all of this stuff about the kingdom of heaven. 
Kingdom of heaven looks like a mustard seed. Kingdom of heaven looks like a treasure buried in a field. Kingdom of heaven looks like lots of things. And now Jesus is going to enact the kingdom of heaven by doing miracles in this 14th chapter. And this is really a miracle. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. These are the crowds, remember, from the feeding of the 5,000. So there are 5,000 men plus women and children there that Jesus has to get rid of while he sends his disciples in a boat. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So have you all seen that Jesus lizard? It's the funniest thing you'll ever see. He takes his arms and legs and kind of flies like this does his thing, and he walks on water, literally. That lizard can walk on water. It has something to do with the way that he spreads out his feet and the surface tension of the water and the speed at which he can move. Should we call that a miracle? It does defy all natural order. Now, doesn't it? Critters in our world should not be able to walk on water in general. You know this. You try to walk on water and the water is deep, you sink. That's what gravity does. And believe me, nobody knew this better. Nobody knew this better than people like P. 
Peter and Andrew and James and John, who had fished their whole lives, who had been around water their whole lives. Some of you know I started swimming competitively when I was four. The first thing you learn is to respect the water. Two tablespoons of water is all that it takes to drown a human being. Those fishermen knew respect for water. They knew how dangerous it could be. They knew how bad it was to get caught in a kind of storm that they were in. Now let me tell you first of all that they have found some of the fisher boats that people of archaeologists, is that what they are? Archaeologists have found some of the Boats that fishermen of Jesus' time would have been in. They're about the size of this table. Maybe a little bigger. They're not like the Rembrandt painting you see where Jesus is walking on the water or Jesus is in the storm and they look like something that came from the Mayflower. Not that the Mayflower was that big a boat in comparison to boats we have now, but they weren't like that. They were little scrawny things that were not much bigger than canoes. And here are these followers of Jesus come off this high of being around a miracle where Jesus feeds 5,000 people and they get into a boat because he tells them to, to go to the other side of the sea, which is some seven miles across and they meet catastrophe the winds come up the waves start to wave the ship starts to rock and maybe even take water they are afraid because they know the respect of water and maybe even think that the ship could sink terrifying people drowned in water that is the natural order of things human lungs need air to breathe and if they get filled with water that doesn't happen do you ever feel like you're drowning in water Do you ever feel like you're drowning in life? Where your finances go bad and your relationships fall apart? Your health is poor? There's too much stress in your life. Your work is taxing. Feel like you can't take it anymore? The waves of life are tossing you back and forth and back and forth. And what is there to do? Hmm. You need a miracle.
Well, let's look at the text a little more, because this story, these children are right. This story is remarkably hard to understand. In fact, impossible to understand. Who can walk on water? And it gets better, you know. The story gets better. It's not just that Jesus is walking on water, which is in itself hard enough to believe. But Jesus comes to the disciples and he says what every angel and every biblical character says when others are terrified. He says, be not afraid. You know, if you read the Bible, you know that the words be not afraid are a cue that you ought to be terrified out of your mind because something crazy is happening. Jesus says, be not afraid. And then Peter says the most interesting thing of all. Jesus, if it's you, command me to come to you. Why would you say that? Why would you say, if it's you, I'm going to say, Jesus, I know it's you and I know you can walk on water and make me do it too. No, Peter says, if it's you, If it's you. Well, Peter knows. Peter knows that Jesus is demonstrating God can do miracles even in the midst of the storm, the literal storm in the boat, and the storms of life that we all face. Jesus can still do miracles if it's you. Okay. Only you can do that. So if it's you, command me. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out of that boat and literally walks on water. Now, we don't know how far he walked. We don't know where he went. But it does say he walked. He got out of the boat. He got out of the boat far enough to be able to sink because he started to sink and Jesus saved him. Again? Hard to believe this story, isn't it? But friends, you know that miracles happen all around you every day single day. I had a friend who said to me once, you know, the Bible and all of that stuff that happens in there would be a lot easier to believe if things like that still happen today. They do. They do. William Sloan Coffin that great, great preacher said it like this. Miracles do not a Messiah make, but a Messiah can do miracles. If you ask me if Jesus literally walked on water, I will answer for certain. I don't know. But I do know this. Faith must be lived before it's understood. And the more it is lived, the more things become possible. I can also report in home after home, I have seen Jesus change beer into furniture. 
Sinners into saints, hate-filled relations into loving ones, cowardice into courage, the fatigue of despair into the buoyancy of hope. In instance after instance, life after life, I have seen Christ be God's power unto salvation. And that's miracle enough for me. Miracle stories tell us that God was and is all in on this earth in the person of Jesus, whose redeeming work is not confined to one time and place long ago, but is real and active in every time and place. The great Scottish preacher James Stewart put it this way, All things are ours in Christ. Forgiveness, yours. Hope and peace and courage, yours. There is no trial you cannot meet as a conqueror, no perplexity you cannot master to the glory of God in the here and now. Friends, remember, miracles happen long ago and today, every day, even in the here and now. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'm going to invite the Reverend Jane Shockey to come forward now. And the children. Come, children, come. For those of you who are fresh to our midst, um, Jane Shockey has been here for, a, for almost 14 years. And come on up here. Um, come on up here. Well, that's a good spot. Good for you. Um, and she has done just about everything for us. Some people describe her as the little boy who put his finger in the dam when it was leaking to make sure that all the leaks stopped because anytime we had something happening that was not going the way we had hoped, Jane was there to pick up the pieces for us. So she has been our Christian ed director and she has been our office manager and she has been both of those things and none of those things and um, led worship for a while. So yeah, Jane has done a lot of things with us and for us. Um, the beauty of Jane is that during, before she did all this, she had gone to seminary and wasn't sure she wanted to pastor. But as she has been here, she has discovered her call to that. And so, as you know, a few years ago, took a part-time call to the country church in Toronto. And they love her and have felt that she is great. And as she's trolled around Toronto, some of the city people in Toronto discovered that they kind of liked her. So she had now has a second half to her call um, at the city church in Toronto. So Jane is leaving us. She will be here for another two weeks, three weeks. 
Um, she'll be here till September 1st, and then she'll start in her new spot. Um, so there's still time. If you're not here today and you're listening, you want to say goodbye, you can come in and say goodbye. Um, but before that, because part of your work was with our children, the children have gifts for you. Some of them have cards, 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 and then on behalf of the children, we have gotten you a gift. So there is your gift. You shall open it now. I didn't open it, so I hope it's the right one. We ordered this, and it just came to us already like this. Oh, okay. Oh, is it a stole? It's a stole. It's the stove that represents our children. Yeah. Yeah. And with all due respect, if you give it back to us, we will have it embroidered with our, you know, okay. well, thank you from Vance Church and from our kids. So. Thank you guys so much. All right. Good job, guys. You can go. All right. Um. And then the other thing that you may not know about Jane is Jane has been living... Well, I, I finally saw Jane's place for the first time the other day. And it's... She says, she says it's one room and it's about the big, as big as a front office. That's just a lie. It's nowhere near that big. Um, I would have gone stir-crazy in there. And you, she has this big, huge cat... That I don't know. No wonder he always is scratching you and yelling at you because you've put him in a box. So she's had this little tiny place over in Edgewood, so-called efficiency apartment. Well, she's moving. I moved. She moved to a place that actually has bedrooms, two bedrooms. It's a nice place. It's an old convent, right? An old convent. Jane the nun is in an old convent. And... Um, and the cool thing is that all the utilities are included in her place, including cable TV. Right? Yeah. Okay, so having said that, why don't you open your gift from the congregation? It's a TV. <laughs> Jane has never owned a TV before. We got her a TV. That's <laughs> a 39-inch TV to go with your new cable. So you can watch TV. You don't have to watch on your computer anymore. So there is your gift from us. We thank you. We cannot thank you enough for all that you have done for this congregation over the last 14 years. And while we are saddened that we will leave you, we wish you all the best in the world. Congratulations on your new call. May God bless you. Keep her standing. Keep her standing. Oh, thank you so much. I wanted to... I love you guys a lot. I miss, I'm, I've missed you for the last three years, and it's wonderful to be able to see you again. And I did want to thank you, Erica.
for your mentorship and your friendship and your kindness and the support that you have showed me. I couldn't have asked for a better pastor to look up to. And I, um, I'm going to miss you very much, Erica. Mm-hmm. Thank you.